Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Annis Franklin. And our statement is, come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message. Praise the Lord, everybody. Everybody excited to be in the house of God today? Amen. Thank God for his presence. Uh, One thing that I've um, there was a challenge by uh, Pastor, what's his name, Pastor Jan, uh, Pastor Tony Evans. This year they had a men's conference it's, uh, early in the year, and they just you know they did a video and set it up, and it was like we want you to dedicate some time to God every day of the week, or every day in a week, and uh, so my Saturdays are usually. I wake up and just pray and worship God. So a lot of these songs, I'm just, I, I do this all the time, man. I just listen to God and just worship God and it, it, until it becomes a habit, right? You get in the car, I turn the radio off and just be like, God, I love you. God, I want to worship you. God, I want to praise you. And we want we want to get in the habit of praise. Somebody say the habit. It's not just I wake up and I, I had to. No, I, I have, it's a habit. It's something that's already inside of me. Amen. How many got things that you know that you do all the time? It's You do it without thinking. We have to get in the habit of worshiping and praising God. Amen. Singing songs unto him. If you can't sing, just shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Let the enemy know that you have the victory. Amen. Oh, man. Oh, man. Amen. Somebody tell somebody that you are glad to be here. I'm glad to be here as well. We're going to continue on the series called Stance. And um, I think it's very important that we, as the people of God, know that God is, the Bible says that judgment is going to come first to the house of God. Right? So that means that, what does that really mean? That means that we have to be in order we have to get things right now i'm gonna say this even before i get going i remember when prophets would come or you know people that said they were prophets you always was checking yourself like man i gotta be right is am i the only one that's like this i gotta be right because i don't want him calling me out you know don't don't call don't point your finger at me amen and really we should do that because god is already watching amen Whether that person has a word from God or not, we should not fear God. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. Amen. So what that really means is we have to grow in love with God. Amen. So we're going to get started. Today's topic is stance, but we're going to say stance for purity. Amen. Somebody say purity. Heavenly Father, I just thank you to God for another opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray to God that this word would impact, would change, would build us into who you've called us to be, dear God. That as we hear this word, anything lacking be complete. 
Dear God, that as we hear your word, dear God, that your word go forth and do not and it does not return void. And we thank you for that promise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, I shared that little story about when a prophet comes, but really what that shows is there's something inside of us that we still got to make right. And, and my question is, are you willing to stand for purity? Now, purity is one of those things that it starts inwardly, right? A lot of people that are having battles with purity, some people might not even know. Right? You, and, and usually it starts with little things. I've been talking and I've been drilling into my kids lately. Integrity. Integrity. What is integrity? That's when you do the right thing when nobody is even around. I have to have integrity to make sure I am being who God called me to be. Now, here's a funny story, and I'm not too thrilled about it, but in Seattle, I was texting Michael yesterday. Every single street in Seattle has been changed from, to, from whatever it was to 25 miles per hour. You get on Martin Luther King, 25 miles per hour. Rainier, 25 miles per hour. I hope they didn't do it to Boeing Way. If they did that, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> right, but no, I was, in, I was in West Seattle. Some of the streets, the streets next to the ferry, it was changed to 25. So I'm trying to drive 25 miles per hour because... Partly because I'm a black man and I don't want any, you know, I just don't want to get pulled over, period, right? That's just one. But two, I want to honor God with even how I drive. Now, what happens is people get all on the back of my car. And, you know, I, I'm real calm and collect. I just put my car in cruise control. I'm not moving any faster. Hey, look, if you want to go, and, and people would just drive by it. I, I don't even look at them. Don't even look at them. Not worried about them, right? But it shows that inside of me, I want to do right, even though this speed limit is ridiculous. Right? Now, I was on, is that, what is it? It starts with an F. What is that street over there? Font, Fontleroy or something like that. That street is so long where you have to drive 25 miles per hour. Man, I'm like, oh, man. I'm listening to podcasts, and I don't know about you. I was talking to my dad about a football player. I was like, his mind must just be zooming. Like, he's moving 100 miles per hour, and that's how I felt. Like, I'm sitting on this street, and I'm like, duh, 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 duh. oh, man, I barely moved. You know, it's like I'm, I'm moving in slow motion because I have to go 25. Somebody say 25 miles per hour. But, see, there's something more than that. I know that's a funny story, but, see, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives, and, Purity is that stay the course. But everybody else want to do some other things. Some people want to speed. They want to get mad because you don't have a stance for purity. Have you, have you ever had that happen before? What you mean? What you holier than thou? And I've heard somebody say, how holy are thou? <laughs> that was Pastor Nate. He used to ask that question, right? But, but that's beyond the point. The thing is, I have somebody else that I am trying to please. Not trying to please you. And I don't know, I think Christian rap is kind of just growing up. It has kind of set a pace in my life like that where it really doesn't matter what you think because I'm trying to honor God, right? If you think of a lot of music, they have taught 
different mindsets that go along with people. So the way people look at even the police, it came from music, right? The way that people look at this or the way that people look at women, the way that people look at men, it has been, it has been infiltrated by the music, right? But as we, and this is, this is an important thing too, that's why we gotta watch what we listen to and what we watch if we wanna make a stance for purity, amen? Now here, let me get into the theme scripture and then we're gonna keep it, go, keep it going. First Corinthians chapter 16, 13 through 14. And this is the scripture that we started last week with and it said this, first Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 through 14. And it says, watch, somebody say watch. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave and be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Let me read it again. Watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave and be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Your stance is the attitude that you walk with. So when it comes to purity, I have to watch, not watch immoral things, but I have to watch as in guard, right? I have to watch myself. Somebody point to yourself. I have to, you have to watch yourself because the enemy, we hear it all the time, he's like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour, but if he can get you to devour yourself, Here's the a, here's a thing that we got to remember about the devil. He's not like God. He's not everywhere at all times. Some of the stuff that we get caught up with is because of ourselves. Right? You have this sinful nature that's still, that you still need to say, God, consume me. So when you consume me, the sinful nature gets removed. Right? If I'm not pressing into God, guess what? You are losing in that press. It's like this. If you ever been in a in a gym, and I don't know if I don't know if everybody's ever did the bench press before, but if you have that bench press on you, and it has all that weight, and the longer you hold it, the harder it is to get that off of you, right? I don't care how heavy it is. <laughs> if you hold even the bar long enough, after a while you're like, man, I can't move this thing. But see, if you're not pressing into God, you're just holding on to the weight of the world and after a while you what, what what begins to happen if you're not smart enough if you don't ask there's somebody people walking around you don't ask them for help you're just gonna look there be there looking stupid he can't get that off now i've been in a gym where they got you got the macho guys i haven't been in the gym in a while i don't know when i'm gonna go back Right, but you got the macho guys, they, 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 get their, whoo, they get their stretching and all that, and all right, whoo, they get psyched up, they get something on, and they try to do it by themselves. And I've had to help a couple of people, because it was too much for them. But see here, here, this is the thing about, this is the thing about when we try to attack purity just in our own strength, you don't have enough. So you can't fight the enemy with just yourself. You have to be in the word, right? Ephesians chapter six talks about our two weapons is the word of God and prayer. That's the only weapons that you have. 
Now you have shields, you have different things, but you have to have your weapons in place. Amen? So one of the things that we must do when we are standing for purity is, first of all, we got to be willing to stand. We can't just let anything and everything slide. Now, many times, purity is like, one of my friends always says something like, what you see, you want to become. Right? The more you see things, the more you desire it. Anybody ever had that happen? Maybe it was a car. You're like, man, I can't wait to get that car. Man, that car is so nice. And everywhere you turn now, guess what? Man, I ain't never seen this many cars in my life. Right? But what begins, your appetite is growing for it. And now you're really recognizing it. And I'm pretty sure some, some more people got that car out after they saw it too. They're like, oh, I like it too, right? But what begins to happen is because you're feeding it and saying, I want it, I want it, I want it. Guess what? It begins to drive you. If we are being fed things that are not pure, it begins to drive us. But on the flip side, if we are being fed things that are holy, things that are pure, guess what? Those are the things that will drive us. Amen? But purity, like I said earlier, it starts internally after you have accepted Jesus Christ. Okay, purity don't come from you. It don't come from you. It don't come from me. It comes from God. It comes from seeking his heart. It comes from seeking him. Amen. And when we do that, we begin to stand for new things. In Psalms chapter 101, verse 3, David made a stance. And I believe that we have to make this stance too. David said in Psalms 101, verse 3, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. This is David, King David. Now, I don't know about you, if you don't know or not, David had some problems. And how did they start? With his eyes. See, look, sometimes we, we have issues that we allow to happen because we don't set a block against things. You have to block sin or else sin will come in and make its home. Right? He says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes, and I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. See, it's not just, it's not just what you see, but what begins to happen, as I said earlier, what you see, you begin to desire. And if you're seeing things that are not godly, you begin to desire things that are ungodly. Then you become like those who are ungodly, who need God. And now you, and then what, what, what happens after that is you feel trapped, right? Doesn't that, isn't that what sin does? It gets you trapped. And then you don't want to ask for help. And then guess what? You're worse off. Because then you got, one of the best things to do if you're struggling with, with different purity issues is let somebody know. Right? 
And I'm not just saying anybody, somebody that you feel like can hold you accountable. Right? Don't just tell anybody. Don't tell somebody that might make it worse. Right? Sometimes that's what people do. Hey, man, I'm having this problem. Oh, it ain't nothing, bro. Hey, dude, he's having this problem. Let's set him up. Right? You got to be careful. The Bible doesn't say any counsel is good. It says wise counsel. Right? Those that are going to help you. But, but David had to make a stance because he was tired. And, and I'm, I'm not sure if he wrote this after his, his situation. It, it might actually say it in there. But, I, but I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure that wasn't the only time that happened. But David says, I don't want to set anything in front of me that is wicked because, God, I want to please you. I'm tired of messing things up, God. And God, from now on, I'm going to make a stance to please you. This is David. The Bible calls him a man after God's heart. Did David sin? Yes. But David had some kind of resolve in him that said, I no longer want to live like this. I want to be pure in God's eyes. I want him to wash me. I want him to cleanse me. And I also want him to strengthen me so that I can block Things that are not like God. I want to have a stance for purity. Amen? And then we, some of us may know, some of us may not, but in Genesis chapter 39, we see uh, a stance. Somebody else takes a stance. And we can actually start at verse 1, Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. And this is my feature scripture of the day. We'll get it in and then we'll be done. Amen. But Genesis chapter 39 is about Joseph. Now Joseph at this moment was a slave. And uh, Mari, she's been going through the story of Joseph and Joseph was, what was his word? Start with a P, pers uh, perseverance. Joseph had to persevere through a lot. Because look, look, look how it says. It says, uh, my, my title for this says, Joseph, a slave in Egypt. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. Somebody say the Lord was with Joseph. See, when you make a stance for God, he's going to be with you. And then, and then I, I really believe this happens. It says, after God is with Joseph or he's with you, he was a successful man. And it says, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hands. You guys see that? Obedience is always tied to a blessing from God. Now, when I, when, when I say that, we, we have to be careful because that does not mean that since you're obedient tomorrow, you're going to get your wildest dream. That's not what it means. Okay? We have to be careful because some people take that and they just roll with that. Oh, you're obedient to God. Now, what do you want? All right, he's going to give it to you. And that's not what God does. Not like that. 
Now, the Bible does say, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But it doesn't happen overnight. Right? Matter of fact, I was reading in my Bible study today that Abel, he was obedient to God and his life ended. Right? Now, was that a reward? It might not be in the earthly realm, but now he's walking with God. That's the ultimate reward. So our ultimate reward is to walk and know God. Amen? we got to be careful with that because some people are constantly pushing this, you get what you want, God, and that's not what God does. Okay? We're just halfway through this sermon, but our prayer is that God is already speaking a dynamic word to you personally. But don't keep it to yourself. We need you to testify. We want to hear what God is doing. Give us a call or text us at 425-686-8197 to let us know what God is doing. If you're on Facebook, contact us at facebook.com slash newcreationcc or on Twitter at newcreationwa. Now, let's tune in for the second half of this sermon. So it says, so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of the house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from that time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Now see, when you walk with God and you're walking upright, when you're in different places, God is gonna be there. And God might, uh, might allow that business to prosper just because you're there. Just because of the stance that you're, you know, the things that you're doing. Right? I remember my last job, the last job I worked for somebody, which was in 2009. Um, I, I was doing this truck job. I would deliver concession stands to these places. And, and uh, one time there, there was a guy. There was this guy that everybody was like, man, this guy's really strict, bro. He's, he's mean, da-da-da-da, you know, and, and yeah, just, just do whatever he says, right? And I was like, okay, cool. That's no problem for me. So I, I you know, I line up the stuff. I, we, had, we had bags of popcorn, uh, bags of uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of them were heavy, right? So I, I would line it up, his candies, he would buy candies. He would want the Snickers in this line. You know, you have to stack them, the M&M's stack them. You know, and this is why I don't work for them no more because it was tedious, right? But what I will say is whatever they asked me to do, I did it. So I lined it up and, and one time I, would, I just kept doing everything I normally do. So I got a call The people said, hey, what'd you do to that guy? He called in and was like, "You're a, you know, he hasn't seen a worker like you ever before." And I was like, "Wow, I don't ever, I didn't do anything. I did what you guys told me to do, right?" But it's little things that you do that God would allow you to be blessed for, amen. Little things. I did what anybody else would do. I probably had a better attitude though, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and it helped when I was in that job. What I would do is every day, usually it took me longer than an hour to get to my first stop, so I would just pray that whole hour. I'm saying, God, thank you for this job, but this ain't it. <laughs> so, Lord, let, let me know what you have for me, right? But also just being in his presence, right? 
It's important. So we see that God blessed them, right? And then it said uh, in verse, I think I'm in verse 6 now. Or no, I'm in the second half of verse 5. His house and all that he had. And it says that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And then it says, and the blessings of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hands. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Now here, let's check this out. Joseph, a slave, becomes the leader of Potiphar's house to the point where Potiphar doesn't even check on him because work, his work is excellent. Right? This is his stance. He's making a stance. This, he, now, guess what? I, I can say this. I'm pretty sure he was still a slave. Do you feel, I don't know if you feel, but he had dreams. And his dreams did not have him being a slave in them. Right? And see, some of us would give up there and take your job or whatever it is and say, this is not the dream that you have for me, so I'm going to make it miserable for everybody else that's around me. I'm tired of this. I wish I could just da-da-da-da. I wish I could, as a matter of fact, I'm going to let them know I'm tired of it. <laughs> right? But see, God is saying, <laughs> whoops, God is saying, don't jump from there. <laughs> no, he's saying stand for the right things. Even when it doesn't seem like it's a dream that you had. And verse 7 says, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast, or cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no greater in the house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. He says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against Potiphar? Does it say Potiphar? And sin against God. See, Joseph wasn't concerned with pleasing Potiphar more than he was concerned with pleasing God. We see it in, 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 the, in his response right there. And I don't know how long this went on because, you know, sometimes we see the Bible and it's one verse and then the next verse, right? But this could have went, he, let's say he was there for five years. And every day she's like, hey, check out my outfit, Joseph. How am I looking? Joseph, come on, you know, we, we got some things to do. I got plans for you, Joseph. I can make you the king of this house, right? She's doing all this kind of stuff. She's throwing temptations. Or she is the temptation. But Joseph wants to please God. That's a stance for purity. So it was that she spoke to Joseph day by day. Let's just say year by year, hour by hour, every time. And guess what? I'm pretty sure Joseph was like, well, this lady, leave me alone. Golly. Right? Day by day that he did not heed her, 
to lie with her or be with her, right? In verse 11, it says, but it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Now, see, the enemy always wants to try to do things in seclusion. That's where it starts. Hey, nothing happens. Or go to Las Vegas. What you do here stays here. Right? We've heard the commercial, but that's not true. Because there's residue. Right? See, I, I, I said this in a song with Lot. There was residue with Lot from what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's how he had kids from his own children, right? There is residue when you hang around sin and you don't block yourself. Right? Because sin is an entanglement. And the only way you can be free is when you say, God set me free, and now, God, I'm going to walk with you. See, it's like anybody ever uh, saw quicksand before? Not in real life. I don't know if anybody has really seen it in real life. Is quicksand real? Yeah. Okay. So in cartoons, at least, or movies, you see the guy sinking, oh, Help me get out. He can't, he can't get out unless what? Somebody that doesn't step in the quicksand tries to get them out. And usually they got to get a rope, right? They get a strong stick or something and help pull them out. Is there, is there quicksand in Washington? Yes. Yes? Uh, yes. Uh, well, well, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> but anyway, this is what I will say. Many people are in quicksand or sin sand. Whoo-hoo, boy, that's bars. They're in sin sand, and they can't get out because they're not asking for help. Or they're asking for help from somebody that's in the sand. And that's not going to help you. But sin works in seclusion. They try to keep it suppressed, keep it a secret. But the Bible says, confess your sins to one another, not so that we can look at you and be like, dang, you got a long rap sheet. It's so that you can be set free, right? Accountability also. But Joseph took his garment off and Hit the 40-yard dash. <laughs> he was gone. I think he ran a four flat. Got out of there, right? Then it says, then she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, see, he has brought in this. He, see, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to, to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and he fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. 
So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled outside. Now I don't know if Potiphar, who knows what Potiphar was doing? But I'm pretty sure there was some kind of hints. She's feeling Joseph, <laughs> right? But even if he did, he had to defend his wife, right? At least this time. So it says in verse 19, so it was when his master heard these words, which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. A place, not just any prison, thank God. A place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in the prison. Somebody say in the prison. Now that's all I'm going to read from there. But guess what? It's, it's important to see this, that even though it didn't look like Joseph was rewarded for his stance for purity, God was really setting him up. See, it might have been good where he was, right? And, and, and let me say this to us. Sometimes we get into places where it's good, but it's not where God really wants us. So when we continue to make a stance for God, something might happen and it might not look good. Have you ever got fired from a job? Uh, well, maybe you got laid off or something, right? Let's just say a nice, I remember my dad got laid off from the federal job, right? And you were like, hallelujah, 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 all the glory. He was saying all that, right? Right? But everybody else is like, oh, no, it's a federal job. You got laid off here. It's, oh, it's tough, right? But see, God, sometimes he has to do that. I remember there's a story I, I, uh, I was praying before I went. I used to work at a, uh, it's like a, it was like a daycare learning center type thing. I was a kindergarten assistant teacher um, and also worked with kids all the way up from, really from like six months all the way to fifth or sixth grade. And uh, one day I was praying and God told me to put my two weeks notice in. And I was like, God, are you sure? You know, I, I actually liked working with, I always loved kids, right? So I was like, God, is this, is this really you? And this is before I even had any of my kids. No, actually, we, we got pregnant the year after. Um, but it was, uh, I was just praying, and I was like, God, you know, please make this plain to me. If this is what you want me to do. And, you know, I, um, he was like, yes, put your two weeks in today. And I was like, wow, he's not wasting no time. So I went and did it. And the people there, they were crying. They were like, man, you're such a... You're such a great worker. The kids love you, and da 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 da. You know, and I, and I was like, yeah, I know. We got, I got two weeks though, so <laughs> don't cry too much, <laughs> right? And um, so I got, to, I, I did that. Got out of that job. That's when I had my last job that I talked about with the driving job. But not too long after that, they found that somebody was embezzling money from the company. And they had to close because they took so much money out the company, the company had to fall. And then on top of that, 
It was a Christian daycare, so the world system was trying to shut it down too. So this all was happening at the same time. They were making them cut down their size. At that time when I was there, we already had to cut down our size because of some kind of septic system type thing, right? And then the, the embezzlement happened. So that place ended up shutting down not too long after I left. But I remember God telling me to do that. And I'm just like, okay, God, I want to be obedient, even in the little things. He gave me a job in less than a week. I had another job working. I got, I got, I started, uh, I got the interview, right? They, the next day they hired me, the, 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 third, the third day after that or the second day after that I was working. So it was quick. I got two checks at the same time, praise the Lord. Amen. But what I will say is, even in the little things, we have to be obedient. That's what purity is. God, I, it's not just—it's just not just about—it's not just a, a, a about sexual sins or all those things. It's about seeking God with a pure heart. We have to be careful, Christians, that as we seek God, we're not always trying to get something from God. God knows that you're trying to get something from Him. I can say some other words, but God is just saying, "Seek me, seek my face, spend time with me." Right. If you had a child that all they want to do is every time they're around you, hey, can I get your phone? Hey, can I get, after a while you're like, get out of here. What you want? Just spend time. Spending time with God will help you become pure as we make a stance for purity. Amen? God, I just thank you for your word. I just pray to God that your word will just continue to speak to us. Just like Joseph when situations happen God I thank you to God that you give us the mindset to run help us to run for you and run from sin run to you and away from things that keep us from walking upright with you God our desire is to be pure in heart our desire is for you to wash us and cleanse us and we walk in that purity so God be with us and as we get out of this place, allow your presence to stay with us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And it we thank you for listening to today's sermon. And we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150. South Cloverdale Street, Seattle, Washington. Also, feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org. New Creation Christian Center, the path to genuine life, where you can come as you are and be transformed by the Word of God.